All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn with us to John chapter 3. Probably the most familiar verse in the Bible. It's also definitely a Christmas verse in John chapter 3, verse 16. Follow your Bibles as I read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for Jesus, the greatest Christmas gift, the greatest gift of all times. And we thank you, Lord, that he came for the purpose of dying for our sins, and not only came for that purpose, but fulfilled that purpose when he went to the cross and paid the price the complete price for our sins, and then rose again as proof that it was all paid. We thank you, Lord, for this Christmas season, and I pray you bless this message today as we center our attention upon your Christmas present, the Lord Jesus. We ask in his name, amen. Today is Christmas Day, the day that Christians remember that God sent his son to this earth for the purpose of bringing salvation to mankind. Now, we do not believe that December the 25th is the day that Jesus was born. In fact, nobody knows the day that he was born. It's just a time that we set aside to remember that and to commemorate the Lord's Lord's birth upon this this earth. Uh, Today, we do not celebrate uh, the day. We actually celebrate the event. Today, we remember that event and emphasize the importance of it that Jesus came for the purpose of dying for us, but he had to come as a man. He had to become a man so he could do that. God gave his son. God became actually human flesh so that we could later uh, go to heaven and so that he later could pay for our sins, and the result of that would be that we would go to heaven. Most of the world does not celebrate the event. They celebrate the day. They are glad for another holiday, They're glad for the festivities. They're happy about the traditions. And you watch Hallmark movies, and you know they're all the time talking about people's traditions and never mention Jesus. They enjoy the gift giving and the gift receiving. They call it, and you've heard this many times, the most wonderful time of the year. But few know or even care why it's so wonderful. You can watch Hallmark movies for hours upon hours upon hours, and never really know why Christmas is so special. You can enjoy the lights of Christmas while rejecting the light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can sing the Christmas carols and never experience the new song that God wants to give us in our heart, the song of the redeemed. You can buy a Christmas tree and decorate your Christmas tree and never know that Christ came to die on a tree. You can give gifts and receive gifts at Christmas and never realize that the greatest gift is Christ, who you, who you ignore every time you say Christmas. Yes, you can, tell, you can call it the most wonderful time of the year while ignoring the most wonderful gift of all time, and that is Jesus Christ. The scripture makes it clear that, that Christ coming to this earth was God's gift to us. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given. John 1, 11, verses, John 1, 11 and 12, he came into his own, his own received him not. That's, he came so that we might receive him, that's a gift. 
He came into his own, his own received him not. But to as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And John 3.16, we read it, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. John 4, verse 10 says, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that said unto thee, Give me, thy, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living waters. Of course, that's Jesus meeting the woman at the well who'd been married five times and now living with a man who's not her husband. And the Lord said to her, If you only knew, if you only knew who I was, and I could give you living water so you'll never thirst again. Ephesians 2.8 2, 8 says, For by grace are you saved through, through faith, and it is, it is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 1 John 5.11 and 12 says, God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. And so Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15, But thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Yes, Jesus is the gift that God gave so that we might have eternal life. In previous messages, the last two times I've preached on Christmas, I've preached about God's Christmas preparations and then God's Christmas personalities. And today I'd like to speak to you about God's Christmas present. We all enjoy giving Christmas gifts, but it's true that you can't give a gift to everybody that's special to you. If you gave a gift to everybody that's special to you, uh, you would have all received a gift from me today. Well, you did, but the church really paid for it, and that is the pen that we just gave you. But, you know, you can't give a gift to everybody uh, that you, that's special to you. You just can't afford that, and uh, so that we're not able to do that. Uh, but I heard about the lady who was determined she was going to send out Christmas cards, and so she got Chris 50... 50 Christmas cards, and she hurriedly addressed them all and got them all ready and mailed them, and, and there was one left. And after they were all put in the mail, she opened the Christmas card and actually read what it said. And it said this, This card is just to say, a little gift is on the way. <laughs> so all those 49 people that got those cards were probably looking for a gift, but it never came. And uh, it was, can't, that was true because she didn't really mean to, send, to say that, but if she had, had, she probably wouldn't have been able to do it. But God is not limited. God's able to give a gift, the most precious gift to everybody. And he did that when, he came, when Jesus came to this earth. Jesus was the greatest gift, was the perfect gift, was the ideal gift. And uh, there's never been anyone just quite like the Lord Jesus and never will be. If we could give the ideal perfect gift... What criteria would, would determine what that gift would be? Now, let me say this, that none of us have probably given the ideal, perfect gift. All of our gifts have some imperfections in some way. One imperfection that might be is that you will give a gift, and it says on it, made in China. <laughs> and you said, I wish I could find one made in USA, but that's hard to find anymore, isn't it? But... Uh, all of our gifts are, are less than perfect. They're not ideal. But if you could give the ideal gift, what are some of the characteristics that that would have? The one, first of all, it would be this. There would be thoughtful consideration about what you gave. Thoughtful consideration beforehand about exactly what you're going to give. 
Another criteria for an ideal perfect gift would be that the gift actually meets a need, something the person really does need. Another criteria would be it has to be quality and has to be of value, has to have quality and of real value. And then another thing to make it a perfect gift would be that it will never go out of date or lose its value. Never go out of date or lose its value. Now, all of us have things we've received and we enjoy them for a while, but after a while, you know, they're either out of date. You might have received a sweater several years ago. You wouldn't dare wear it now because it just uh, stands out because it's uh, so out of date. Things that lose their value. We often have given things like that. They last for a while, but not for long. But God's Christmas present meets all the criteria that we've given. And that is, it's a perfect, he is a perfect, ideal gift, Jesus Christ. First of all, God's Christmas present was preceded by his thoughtful consideration. The Bible says that Jesus, that God planned to send Jesus God's plan to give Jesus before the foundation of the world. That's why we said a couple weeks ago, a grace is older than sin. And before that man ever sinned, God already provided grace so that when that happened, there would be a remedy for it. We didn't deserve it, but he provided it. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, verse 20, who, and that is Christ, verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. He gave, he gave that gift when he sent Jesus, but he foreordained that gift before the foundation of the world. Before man ever sinned, God planned what he was going to do when man did that. He wanted to give man that, that test to see whether he would serve him because he loved him or not. And man failed that test, but God provided a remedy uh, when, he, when he planned to send Jesus. Since God knows all, and he did, that means he did not miss any detail in his planning. Sometimes we plan for a gift, and it might be for what we think the person will really need, and we didn't understand that they already received that gift from somebody else. <laughs> that never happens with the Lord. The Lord planned his gift because he's all-knowing. He knows exactly what we need, exactly and he planned to give that gift, and he gave that gift when he gave Jesus. Also, since God is all-powerful, that means he's never limited to give what he thinks we really need. Sometimes we are limited by finances to give what the person would really need, and we can't do that. We would like to do that, but we can't. And so, But the Lord's never limited that way. So all of his thought processes went into the, prep, to the presentation of that perfect gift, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Another criteria for an ideal perfect gift is that God's Christmas present meets our our need. He meets our need. Every need that we have, he meets. Let me give you some of the needs that the, the gift of Christmas, the Lord Jesus Christ, meets. First of all, everybody here needs forgiveness. I would hate the thoughts of standing before God not being forgiven. I mean, I wouldn't. There would be no hope. And you wouldn't either. It doesn't matter how good people think you are. You do not deserve salvation. Neither do I. And so the Lord says he, he sent Jesus for the purpose that we might have forgiveness. Aren't you glad you have forgiveness? I've, I've mentioned the other day, sometimes I ask people, 
uh, you know, I take a book and I said, this was the story of your life. Would you want me to read all of it if it listed every sin that you ever did? Everything, all of your thought, every sin you ever committed, would you want me to read it? And most people would say, oh, no, I wouldn't want you to read it. And I would say that, too. I would not want you to read my book. But God knows all about that. And God says, when you trust Jesus, he forgives you of all your sin. Every one of them, they're all forgiven. And that's quite a gift. Also, that meets our need of forgiveness. We also need righteousness. You know, it's one thing to have forgiveness, but God, does, God requires of us that we have righteousness. It's not just he forgives all of our sins and we're a blank. You know, nothing bad. God says there needs to be righteousness applied to your account. Now, our righteousness, the Lord says we don't have any. So when we get saved, when we trust Christ, when we receive God's gift, the Lord gives us righteousness, and that is His righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness. If we have Jesus, we have righteousness. Romans 5.17 talks about Jesus as the gift of righteousness. Also, something we need is a new nature. You see, all of us know that we have an old nature, and... Uh, that old nature is not eradicated when we get saved. We still have that old nature. We won't get rid of it until we go to heaven. And so what we really need is a new nature, a new nature that will uh, have victory over that old nature. We need a new nature. The Bible speaks of it like this, a new man, the new man, Ephesians 4, verse 24. 2 Peter 1, 4 talks about it like this, that we are partakers of the divine nature. And so when God moves into us through the person of the Holy Spirit, we are partakers of the divine nature. And God gives us desires that maybe we never had before, good desires. And God gives us uh, the person of the Lord living inside of us to motivate us and to help us. And so we have a new nature. We need that. And when Jesus, when we receive Jesus, we have a new nature. We also need a new family. When you trust Christ as your Savior before you trusted Him, you were in the family of the devil. And you needed that adoption to take place so God takes you out of that family and puts you in his family. That's what you really need. And so when you trust Jesus, when you accept that perfect gift, then you have a brand new family. God adopts you into his family and he calls you children of God and sons of God, joint heirs with Christ. And so we have a new family. We have something else that we need, and that is before we were saved, we couldn't talk to God. Oh, you could you can say you're talking to God, you can pray, you can say you pray, but you have no right whatsoever to approach a holy God because you're a sinner. And you don't have any righteous standing before Him. But when God saves you, He gives you righteous standing so you can talk to God. And so you can pray anytime, anywhere, and you can just say, Lord, and God hears you. You have audience with the Lord. Hebrews says, come boldly into the throne of grace. We don't have to come sheepishly, we come boldly to the throne of grace. And so we have that privilege of talking to God. But we need that. If you're going to uh, face the Lord someday, you need to be able to uh, speak to Him and have the right to speak to Him. And the Lord says, and if you're going to get through this life, you need to be able to talk to the Lord. And so you have that, that privilege. We also have eternal life. What you need is eternal life, not temporary life, not life until you die, you need to have eternal life that's going to last forever and ever and ever. In fact, the Bible says when a person dies without Jesus, they have eternal death. We don't want eternal death. We don't need that. 
We need eternal life. How do you get eternal life? It's only through Jesus Christ. The Bible says, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We have eternal life. And the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the gift of God, eternal life, we need that. And God's present to us satisfies that need. We also need security. I mean, to be able to know for sure you're going to heaven. Be able to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven. I know that. I have no doubts whatsoever about that. It has nothing to do with me being a so-called good or anything like that. It has nothing to do with being a preacher. It's all because of Jesus. I'm accepted in the beloved. And so I have security. John chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Never perish. I need that. And God's gift furnishes what I need. I also need provisions to be taken care of. David said, I've been old, now I'm, I've been young, now I'm old, and yet am I not, not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. He's saying that God will take care of his own. And Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What's the gift? It's Jesus Christ. What do you get when you get the gift? Your, all your provisions will be met. God will give you what you need. Does it mean you'll never go through lean times? No. Does it mean you'll never go through hard times? No. It just means God will take care of you. God will take care of you. We have provisions. We need that, and God provides that in Jesus. We need the promise of something else. I look out over the congregation today, and I can see this is needed. And that is, most of you, there's a few the younger, but most of us are older And guess what we need someday? We need a brand new body. (laughs) We need a brand new body. You know, when you accept Jesus, he gives you what you need. Because if you have Jesus, you have the promise that someday you're going to have a brand new body. We won't, for time tonight, we'll not, today, we'll not look at it. But 1 Corinthians 15 says that we have an, we will have an incorruptible body, a powerful body, a heavenly body, and an immortal body. And he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We'll all be changed into a body that's incorruptible. That means it doesn't break down. It's a heavenly body. It's a body that's prepared for, to, to dwell in heaven. It's a powerful body. He calls it a spiritual body. And he says an immortal body. That means it'll never die. So someday we're going to get a brand new body. We also are going to need a new home. A new home. This is home here on this earth, and on this earth we have particular homes that we live in or houses that we live in, and, uh, but when we leave this life, where are we going to go? The Lord says, for those who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have a promise of a brand new home. He says in 1 Thessalonians 4, when the Lord takes us up, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherever the Lord is, we are there. That means when he takes us up, we're going to be in heaven. Seven years later, after the tribulation period, we're going to be on the earth. How long we're going to be on the earth? 1,000 years on this earth, not the new one, this earth. 1,000 years with Jesus, ruling and reigning with him. And he takes care of those who belong to him. And so we have a new home. 
And then he's going to destroy this earth and make a brand new heaven and a brand new earth and bring the new Jerusalem to come down from out of heaven to sit on that brand new earth, and we're going to live there with him. We have a wonderful promise of a new home. We need that, and it's all guaranteed because of Jesus. See, God's gift is perfect. It's ideal because it meets your need. And then there's another thing. Your gift should... A perfect gift, a perfect Christmas present should have quality and value. Well, you can't improve on the quality. What's the present? What's, what's the present? What's the gift? It's Jesus. Can't prove on him because he's God. That means that's why the Lord says he's the spotless lamb. He's the pure lamb. He's the one without spot or blemish. He never sinned. There's no imperfection in him. He is God. The Bible calls him Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And so the gift that we, the ideal gift would have real quality. Well, you can't improve on that quality because it's Jesus. But you know, it's not enough to just say, this has quality. What really makes that special is this quality is mine. <laughs> and so he's my Savior. He's my God. He's your God. He's your Savior. You, he belongs to you. And what quality you possess. And that quality guarantees value. Value. The Bible says that that one reason God sent his son to this earth was so that he could become a man. Why do you have to become a man? Well, God can't shed blood because God doesn't have any blood. And the Lord says without the remission, without shedding of blood, there's no remission. So God God prepared a body for Jesus So the Son of God took upon himself human flesh for a purpose that he could die for us and he could shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, and he did that for us. And the Lord says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And God provided a body so that blood could be shed, and that blood is called the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so what value that is to us. No salvation apart from it, but we have him. And he shed his blood for us. He is the only Savior. You know, if you have something that's one of a kind, maybe it's something from the past, and all the other other precious items are not known of. I mean, they've all been destroyed through the years, and there's only this one left, and you have it. And it has, has quality because, has value because it's one of a kind. The Lord's one of a kind. There's nobody like him. And he's yours, he's mine, when we trust Jesus as our Savior. Acts chapter 4 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other Savior. And when he is my Savior, I have something of true value. And when you trust Jesus, you have that true value. Also, the Bible says, Jesus said of himself, without me, you can do nothing. Now, that makes him pretty valuable. (laughs) Without me, you can do nothing. And when you can say, he is mine, I have received that gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my Savior. And he says, without me, you can do nothing. But with me, you can do all things. And Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, what a valuable gift that we have in Jesus Christ. So, he meets that criteria, quality and value. And then there's one last criteria I want to mention. 
God's Christmas present will not go out of date or lose its value. It'll not go out of date or lose its value. He never changes. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. And so he doesn't deteriorate. He doesn't change in quality, so he's worth less than he used to be. He never changes. He never disappoints. Have you ever given a child a present at Christmas time, and the first day they were just excited and played and played with that thing, and the next day you noticed it was set over the side and they never even bothered anymore? And they were playing with a box, and the thing that you bought them didn't mean much anymore. It just uh, lost its appeal. But that's not true of Jesus. He will never disappoint. The Bible says in Romans 5, verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed. And not ashamed means it doesn't disappoint. Romans 9, verse 33, Whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed, shall not be disappointed. And it says the same in Romans 10, 11. If you believe in Jesus, you'll not be disappointed. So he never disappoints. He will always be the reason we are saved. Throughout all eternity, he will not lose his, lose his value because he's the reason we're there. You won't be in heaven for a hundred years and say, oh, I, I've attained now, I, I really deserve, I don't need Jesus. No, you still need Jesus. And the fact that he is in heaven, that he paid for your sins, and he rose from the grave, and he's paid it all, the only reason you're there and will stay with him throughout all eternity is because of him. He never will lose his value. He never will become out of date. He'll never go out of date. And throughout all eternity, we can say it will never be fashionable to be without Jesus. It will never be fashionable to be without Jesus. And so he will always be up to date. He'll always be needed. He'll always be relevant. And you have him. So let's not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus. At Christmas time and whoever we face, whoever we're around, let's not be ashamed to tell them about Jesus. Let's not be ashamed to open our Bible and read the Christmas story or talk about the Lord Jesus. We should not be ashamed of that. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11 says this about Christ. Christ is not ashamed to call us. It says them, it means us. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. So we shouldn't be ashamed of him. He's not ashamed of us. And so he's the greatest gift. He's the ideal gift. He's the perfect gift. So let's be sure to tell others about the Lord Jesus. But let's close by saying this. If you reject Jesus, you'll forever regret that decision. If you reject that perfect gift, that ideal gift, the only ideal gift, if you reject him, you'll be forever sorry that you did that. You'll have regret throughout all of eternity because you rejected Jesus Christ. The devil will throw all kinds of flashy things before you and make this look fun, this look fun, and say, oh, it's, it's no fun being a Christian. And the devil will do all that, and he'll make you want to go after this or after that. But if you do, throughout eternity, you'll, you'll, be able, you, you'll say, I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't rejected Jesus. 
But if if you're saved, you will never throughout all eternity say, I wish I hadn't accepted Jesus. You'll never say that because you'll be so glad throughout all eternity that he's yours. You see, he's the perfect gift. He's the ideal gift. Without him, you have nothing. Without him, you'll spend eternity without him. And without him, there'll be no eternal life. There'll be no eternal pleasure. Remember the Bible says in Psalm 1611, at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Quite a contrast to the rich man in Luke 16 says, who cried out, I am tormented in this flame. Just one drop of water to put on my tongue. But he, he can get none of it. But with Jesus, we're forever in the presence of him, and he'll, there'll be pleasures forevermore at the right hand of the Lord. Thank God for the perfect gift, and I hope you know him today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Jesus. He is the perfect, the ideal gift. And I pray that we'll always realize that. We'll never be ashamed to tell people about the one we received, the one who has satisfied our every need, the one who never disappoints. And I pray that we might be instrumental of sharing that gospel with other people so they might come to know Jesus as their Savior. Thank you for your Christmas present. Thank you for Jesus, we pray in his name.